I'm friends, I'm back, and this week we're going to be talking about what happened in crypto the week of July 3rd. So there were two macro numbers the week of July 3rd, 2023. The first was notes from the Fed meeting in June came out, and apparently some of the members of the FOMC didn't agree with pausing the rate hikes in June. And so this leads people to believe that in July there will be a 25 bip racist <laughs> rate hike, <laughs> interest rate hike. Oh my goodness. The second macro number was the US jobs report, which beat analyst expectations. Uh, yeah, the economy's a lot stronger than people want it to be. Well, the job market is a lot stronger than people want it to be. Neither one of these things really affected Bitcoin, to be fair. I mean, we've really been trying to break 30K, or uh, if we do break 30K, we go to 32K and keep trying to break that, and nothing's really happening. Um, but that this week, we also got Larry Fink, who is the CEO of BlackRock, go on TV and talk about how he thinks that Bitcoin is an international asset, how it has no boundaries. Um, he was basically saying that he thinks it's a great hedge against fiat currencies. And yeah, I mean, it's just really cool to kind of see BlackRock talk about that. Obviously, they had filed for their ETFs, spot ETFs. Um, and then it turned out that Arc, Kathy Woods Arc also was the first person actually in line to to file for a spot ETF. So essentially we're waiting for multiple spot ETF approvals to come out within not even that much time actually. We will hear the final decision on Kathy's Bitcoin spot ETF by October 27th and it might come out earlier and yeah, I mean as a friend of mine rightly pointed out if if Arc gets a spot ETF, then there's no reason that BlackRock wouldn't. So the amount of money that's about to flow into the system sounds like it's going to be crazy. Um, so yeah, that should, that should be interesting. What else happened this week? We had a lot of like FUD around what's going on with CZ. Nobody still knows what's happening with Binance, but yeah, we're still, still hoping for good news, even though my outlook on what will happen with Binance, if absolute worst case comes is um cz will step down we'll see a massive move in the market at this point i would buy everything i could get my hands on because it'll probably be the last massive downward move of this cycle before you know the suits come since we just said the suits are on their way that's that's really my thinking around it probably step down they'll get new management finance will go on i hope everybody is made whole if anybody ends up losing any money but i i don't know what their balance sheet actually looks like but i assume that cz and binance do have the money to keep everybody whole and everybody happy that's that's my two cents but it, it's definitely nfa on nfts nfts this week of july 3rd actually nfts had like a massive hit it was the first time i think in the entire like crypto cycle since nfts have popped off you know ever since i mean to me nfts became a thing in 2021 but i know they had their like moment of fame in 2022 and ever since then ever since 2021 we haven't seen a massive drawdown in the nft market like a lot of nfts have actually even doubled in prices ladies being one of them right like i've talked about this before i'm salty about the price of the ladies it'll never not be because i might not see them below 
2.7 ETH, which is what they're at now. Um, again, but I also might see them below 2.7 ETH. Anyway, it's not about Milady's. The the point is, is that, yeah, we haven't seen a massive drawdown in the NFT market since they kind of came out in 2021. And this week of July 3rd, we actually saw almost a 40% drawdown or 50% drawdown on most of the NFT prices, including Base I mean, like their June floor prices were around 50 ETH. And then the, that first week of July, they're at about 30 ETH. Uh, same thing happened with Suzuki's and Moonbirds and a bunch of other NFTs. And yeah, you can pick and choose and say some of them had massive drawdowns and other ones didn't. But Basie was huge, you guys. Like, there's no denying. And it was definitely the most popular NFT of all time. I mean, on Jimmy Fallon, Justin Bieber, all, like the most massive celebrities were in on it in on it and just to see this huge drawdown i think is it's refreshing i welcome it i really can't wait for more of these jpegs to kind of come down in price it'll be interesting to watch if they ever do i still think that like nfts are such an interesting part of our crypto space because they've onboarded so many people into DeFi. i'm still looking for this report and any, if anyone can find it and send it to me i would be so happy or i could go do the analysis on my own but essentially and this report proved that the majority of DeFi people or people that were onboarded to DeFi had come through NFTs. I think it was like somewhere between like 60 to 80% of new DeFi users came on board through NFTs as in like their first purchase was an NFT. And so I think in that sense, they had rationalized it as like NFTs are what brought people into the space. And I think that that's super cool, even though JPEGs are totally, totally uh, mispriced and overvalued. In the altcoin space, we, well, still in the NFT space, Blur, this this lending protocol, uh, or the blend is the lending protocol, but Blur, the, the NFT uh, AMM, basically launched um, an ability for people to start bidding on traits. So we all know how NFTs have, like, this number of NFTs has uh, this color of a background or is wearing an earring or is wearing sunglasses or is wearing a hat or is wearing a red shirt or whatever it is. So now you can actually bid on different trades and like depending on their scarcity. And so it's like a whole new layer of trading um, in the NFT space. I just think all of this is pretty fascinating because you have the lending and then you have like this AMM space and deck space and now you can you know trade depending on on traits as well it, it's pretty cool I, I really appreciate this about the developments in the nft space and finally this was the week that multi-chain got hacked and i mean how many i laugh and it's so sad because it's so bad and i use DeFi so often that it makes me sad to know that my money could be lost at any time using multi-chain or synapse or any other bridge and you know god knows i use multi-chain all the time so it, it's terrible but over 120 million dollars uh, of assets were lost in this multi-chain hack um and to date we've had over 2.7 billion dollars in exploits in DeFi. so it's not cool and it's another one of these things that kind of pushes towards the omni-chain future if we end up in an omni-chain future unless we kind of stay we're currently multi-chain but we might not necessarily be cross-chain right that's what uh, Vitalik. I was just going to call him Ethereum. That's what Vitamin Buttermilk said in his original essay on this entire thing. And it's actually a good essay. I'll try to find it and, and link it here. It's pretty, I think it's long from my memory. I can see it in my head because I remember so clearly doing this analysis on um, L2s and, and that that essay was such a big part of my analysis of understanding them. 
it, it, it's interesting. But yeah, he thinks, you know, we'll be multi-chain, but we won't be cross-chain. Essentially that people will be able to use different applications that are on different chains, but different chains that are within one ecosystem. So I think like Layer Zero is working towards this. We have Stargate, which is Layer Zero, uh, Cosmos, all those guys kind of doing the same thing. So yeah, that was really it for the week of July 3rd. All right, you guys, stay free out there.